0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Public Affairs in Practice podcast. Just a little plea at the start uh, for likes and shares and reviews if possible on whichever platform you use to listen to this podcast. They're all gratefully received and really do help spread the word about the podcast. In this edition, I'd like to talk about independent reviews and how they are used by government, but they're only the start of any public affairs activity. Governments love to commission independent reviews. They are launched and report back with often significant fanfare, but all too often they are then immediately consigned to history. The reality is that they should be seen as the start of public affairs engagement, not an end point. Ministers are instinctively attracted by the idea of getting an outsider to look at a particularly difficult policy area. By going beyond the usual machinery of government, ministers can bring in new thinking. The advisor, the one leading the independent review, can feel unconstrained. They can challenge and think the unthinkable. But what makes them attractive can also make the results unpalatable. Ministers may think that they want radical ideas, but when the results are revealed, they are simply too hot to handle. The radical feels too radical. That can make them too far removed from what voters will accept or what the government could possibly get through Parliament. The results could, if accepted, open them up to criticism or too much political ammunition is given to opponents, maybe from their own side as well. Some reports are independent so that governments can show that they are tackling those difficult issues. The Dilnot report on social care arguably remains the preeminent study of the costs and potential solution in the social care sector. It dealt with an issue that governments had long put in the too difficult pile, but it still remains unimplemented. Governments always have plausible deniability when it comes to the outcome of an independent review. They can thank the author and then move on swiftly if they don't like the answers that they've received. And history is littered with welcomed but subsequently abandoned independent reviews. Recently, we've had the publication of a food strategy which failed to include significant recommendations of an independent review that preceded it. The author of the review suggested that only half of the recommendations, roughly, have been included by the government in that final food strategy. There's also recently the publication of the Khan Tobacco Review, again this is in the UK. That contained lots of very radical ideas, but we don't know yet whether the government will implement them. The list of largely ignored independent reviews is long. In the UK, Frank Field MP, Mary Portis, Sir Rod Eddington are just a few names that instantly sprung to my mind. An internet search reveals many more official reviews and commissions that are only partially implemented at best. So I think it's essential that help and input is provided to relevant reviews from the outset. That means taking the review as seriously as you would any other form of government policy development, even if there is some scepticism regarding the potential outcomes. But the publication of an independent review should trigger other engagement activity as well as to help maintain pressure. Consider how you can do this and examine potential scenarios. And I wanted to think about a few in today's podcast. Firstly, new people. Ministers move. Governments change, but the policy will still need to be addressed. And the new audiences may be open to you. Solutions. The recommendations of the initial independent review may be too radical. But would some adaptation make them deliverable? Think about the role of continued pressure. Consider how you could try and hold government to account for the recommendations over an extended period of time and plan for that. The role of experts. Consider the possibility of continuing to work with the chair, the person leading the independent review, potentially if they're not too disillusioned or worn out by this point. Some may be vocal in calling out the government for their perceived failures and might be happy to continue to do so, maybe alongside you. Consider the internal pressure points. Is there dissent within the government that could offer some hope for the future, for the recommendations being implemented? And then returns. Where are the opportunities, where are the options for bringing the recommendations back at a later date? So the process of the review is important, as is the publication of the recommendations. But even if government is not prepared to implement the ideas, then you need to be prepared to try and keep the fight going.